Welcome back to another episode of the Shifting Podcast. This is our uh, first 2018 episode, so Happy New Year, folks. And uh, we're actually sitting here recording this on New Year's Eve, so we'll be in much worse shape tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, as always, sitting here uh, is Arthur Black. What's up? So, again, we're, uh, we're, we're sober and uh, pretty, in pretty good shape at the moment. For now. For now. We've got, uh, we've got New Year's Eve to get through still, but... Uh, we decided Party's to do started. it upright, yeah. That's right. So we're going to start the party with Vinny. Uh, Vinny Salas is our guest today. Good to be here, thank you. Vinny, Vin Dog, Vin Diesel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you did go through the, the list of names that it's okay to call you. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm, I'm actually a pretty big fan of anything but, but Vince. I don't know. I never really took to Vince. I don't you, really like Vince. You don't look like no. a Vince. Yeah, no. I think that's it. You know, you just look in the mirror and you just know. <laughs> that just, ain't me. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, that's not Vince. It could be Vinny. <laughs> it could be Vin Dog. I'm you not know, sure about Vince. I, if my phone wasn't fucked up, I'd look up on my space phone like what size and weight Vin Diesel is because I bet he's not that big a dude because he looks like a I big dude. I don't think dude. he is. I think he's pretty small. Like, I saw oh, Charlie cool. Murphy live um, and he looks big, you know, on, on, on a Dave Chappelle show. He does. Fucking tiny, man. Really? really? Abs- tiny. Small dude. I was like, Second row back uh, when I saw him um, doing one of his, his comedy tours, and I was amazed how, how tiny he is. So it's, it's all that like perspective, because like you see all these like welterweight boxers, and I've run into a few of those guys when I go out to Vegas, and like of course they all look huge next to each other, but they're all 140 pounds and they're ripped. And you're mm-hmm. like, this guy's gonna be huge, and then you like meet him, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, you're like, like a full 80 pounds smaller than me. Um, and then the same on the opposite side, you meet like basketball players. If you know, they're all TV. like huge, oh, yeah. and you think they're all. I mean, you talk about the small forwards and stuff, and then you meet them, you're like, God <laughs> damn, dude, you're huge. Man, pretty big dudes. Perspective. Yeah. That's right. The screen. The screen does that particular. Right about that one. <laughs> on TV, I'd probably look like sumo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's if it's not obvious by this point, we're talking about cheese today. <laughs> I think we've probably already spelled that out. Actually, I think that I think that really underscores some some points really well. It's actually really cool because when you're talking about perspective and size, you know, we we're um, no one else can see them, but there are four <laughs> cheeses on our table that we're eating. And um, yeah, that was super cool of you to bring cheese for us. This yeah, afternoon. by all means, totally. You know, you get, if you're if you're talking it, you got to eat it. And uh, I didn't really have a lot in mind grabbing these. I picked these up at Goose the Market on the way here. Got them from Katie Finley, master cheesemonger down there. Yeah, great uh, friend of the show. my man Chance actually cut them, I believe. Um, what I'm thinking is it's winter, and, uh, you know, that plays into it somewhat, you know, the seasonality of the cheese. But uh, I assume since I was hanging with you guys, we're going to be drinking something. <laughs> and uh, so I wanted to cheese. The hell you say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you need a backdrop. You know, yeah. cheese you're drinking with, and, and some do uh, a lot better than others of, of providing that, that perspective, that ground, you know. Uh, I look for a certain density, you know, something that's going to, like, um, be a stage, let the, let the beverages perform, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And the cheese perform. Right. Well, I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, I mean, that, it depends on the role. Sometimes, you know, the cheese is a better supporting character you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no totally i mean we always talk about that in the restaurants like when and i presume you do as well with wine like either the food takes front and center stage or the wine takes front and center but if they're both vying for attention 
it you can very often kind of downplay the other by accident, which is super easy to do. You know what? Dry pairings. Buy that baller yeah. like bottle if you're going to also have that baller like meal. One's going to get upstaged. Well, you know, wine is a, a whole genre of academia in itself, and then cheese is another. Um, I mean, you could spend your your life studying cheese, and you put them together, and then you have a third arena of studying. Um, but we are getting ahead of ourselves. I got a bunch of questions for, for Vinny, who's like a fucking cheese ninja. Um, Thanks, man. Vinny Solis, cheese ninja. I cheese that ninja. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> We've already got about five shirts. And, and <laughs> excessively know. mean and vulgar. Look, <laughs> look for the shift drink, excessively mean and vulgar shirts. If there are any <laughs> listeners out there that think that I'm excessively mean and vulgar, <laughs> I would encourage you to post on our our website. Yes, please. <laughs> Since you fucking tend that so well. Right. And you can fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, all right. So before this gets away from us, which the wheels are already coming off. Um, what did you have to drink last night, Vinny? Holy crap. Mm. What did I drink? I didn't. Wow. Really? Yeah, I didn't. It's been like, um, I've had a lot of nights like that lately. What did you smoke last night? <laughs> um, you know the strain? Sour diesel. Sour diesel. Nice. <laughs> but, that counts for something, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how it's been like. Um, I had a couple of uh, Cuban Manhattans uh, made with uh, Real McCoy five-year. And what's the build on that? It's a perfect Manhattan, so that's uh, equal parts um, sweet and dry vermouth. Um, then, you know, your, your rum. Um, and then we hit it with a little bit of the uh, Bitterman's uh, Tiki Bitters. So, oh, yes. uh, yeah, it kind of lifts yeah. some of the barrel notes and stuff out of the... Uh, the rum, so that's a rum that's distilled by uh, Richard Seal at Foursquare down in Barbados, and it's incredibly affordable and beautiful, and yeah, it, it, it makes a really delicious. nice, it, it makes a nice Manhattan. Yeah, sounds awesome. Um, last night was sushi night, so I did a little bit of um, Argentine Tarantes, uh, particularly floral grape variety, high in terpenes, one of the more aromatic, uh, flowery sort of esters that you find in wine, and Tarantes is a decent ripener, so you usually get um, medium plus levels of alcohol, 14, 14.5, but they tend to have decent um, structure. So that was me last night. Cool. And today. Sounds like we all drank and smoked well last night. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Ate well, drank well, we smoked got by. well. Maintained. <laughs> um, today, outside of some awesome cheese selections we have in front of us, which we'll get to eventually, um, the compliments of, of Vinny. Um, eventually, I already. I'm already in there. You're already, he's already <laughs> got like, his, his yeah. face in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're um, we decided to pop a bottle of um, um, Heredia uh, White Rioja. I love uh, this one. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's special. It's one of my favorite producers. Yeah, That's he, why we've got it on the menu. He's he's a badass. This is 2005. This is current vintage. It's 12 year old White Rioja. Lots of oxidative handling. Um, distinguished American oak on the nose. It's a it's a very very mm-hmm. very identifiable wine if you're ever blind tasting um, whites. It's uh, there really isn't anything else in the world that that smells and then drinks the way that it does. So and it's really perfect with the cheese that we've got on the table. It, it I would is, think so. This is I fantastic. Mean, yeah, I haven't even jumped in there yet. I know. I'm like, this is going to be you interviewing Vinny the whole show because I'm going to just gonna be eating this cheese. <laughs> it's just going to be. Grinding on some cheese. My note page has now just become a placemat here. Got <laughs> <laughs> cheese crumbs everywhere. Cheese chunks in your beard. Um, Do I? All right. No, no. You're good. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let me know, man. Don't let me go back to work with, with cheese chunks in my beard. Nice. It's a badge of honor, bro. It is, yeah. yeah. 
Little sticky beard. Um, so, uh, wow, where do uh, where do we get started? Oh, hey, um, I got to go off on a tangent for a second. I got to get something off my chest. Um, Vinny, As opposed to the whole first ten minutes of this episode, we were not on a tangent. <laughs> uh, point taken. Uh, I'm gonna take it a little bit further. Um, Vinny's a pretty cool cat, um, so I'm assuming that I won't hurt his feelings or offend <laughs> at Thanks, all man. with this, but. Um, there's another local podcaster, Christy Lee, who is like a broadcasting legend from the Bob and Tom show. She's been on the air for, for decades, mm-hmm. like Ed and I. Vinny, are you from here? Oh, yeah. Born and raised. All right, so you grew up listening to Bob and Tom. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so, Absolutely. you know, it's a, a, just a very, very famous um, radio show. And she's Ubiquitous. awesome. Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. I like yep, that. It's yep. a good word. We, uh, I've been on a show a couple of times. And the last time I went on, um, unfortunately, I had the, I was edited like a motherfucker. Um, Excessively mean and vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was very censored, um, which is cool because there was a lot that wasn't censored. But um, that was a great episode, and I, I think that's available on her uh, on her podcast. Yeah, I What's think it? it's uh, Christy, Christy Lee un- un- uninterrupted. I was going to say uncensored. That wouldn't be uh, it. Right, no, no, no. <laughs> it. It is censored. Um, which she actually, she started the interview by saying, I had to cut some of this out. <laughs> it was too vulgar even for me. So there were some things that were cut out. Like um, I talked about when we were in Amsterdam, the lady boys with the blue lights versus the red light district. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cut Red out. lights, blue lights. Yeah, I think I said something about camel toes and unshaven lady boys, and that, that was cut out. I understand that. It's and a win in Rome kind of thing, yeah. Hey, well, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I saw that. Them was, and, and he was observing. He was observing. I got you. I, I got you. I, that was the first thing. I, I wasn't like, when in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. Um, and then I, I talked a little bit about a live sex show that I went to, um, which she kept most of it in, but she cut out the part where I talked about the anorexic, um, Andre the Giant lookalike that masturbated and danced like Bruce Springsteen. Um, How much was that? It was only it was 40, 40 euro. I thought you said it, that show that you went to was more than that. I thought it was like 60 euros or something. I like think that. it was like no, 40. Was it 40 yeah, euros? So there were like six shows, 15 minute. Um, shows each and like the third or fourth one was this horribly unattractive um, anorexic Andre the Giant look alive but it, it like it was it was, it was intriguing it you know pricey to me. I guess I guess you say like yeah, well, why did. don't you go see the anorexic Andre down the street <laughs> <laughs> Competition is <laughs> Can I have some more? Uh, is this a, a barter thing? Like, uh, some what, can, what can I do to show you some competitive pricing here? Um, and then I, I spoke a little bit about um, a sex palace that I went to in New Orleans, and that was there's cut a out. sex palace in New Orleans. Well, I don't know. It, there one. It was uh, a sex palace. In it, New was, Orleans. it was. Is that uh, Commander's Palace? <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an orgy, orgy of food. <laughs> Um, Bam, Jesus. <laughs> I like literally, I, I have thought so literal about Emerald in the last decade. I didn't, it took me a second it took for that for, to sink for, in. Yeah, 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 to register. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bam. Um, no, it was, it was a building where like you went to and it was multiple floors and it was a lot of empty rooms and you like you would go and you, you, fuck your partner or other people or something. I don't know, but it, it was I like weird. how he thinks that this is going to make it into our episode. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> I'm hoping. I'm, I, I got my fingers crossed, Brad. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, but the thing that was cut out that I don't understand and I wish would have stayed in was the shit carts. Do you remember in Amsterdam, oh. the shit carts? Well, that was like a historical thing. Right. But they, they also alluded to the, uh, the loo with a view. Yeah, which I, we I, talked about in our uh, interview with uh, Timo Jansa, Door Seventy Four, I believe, is either him or, or Guillermo Gonzalez. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think, think it was with Timo. That. But Vinny, have you heard about the shit cards? I don't know shit about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, folks. This has been the Shift Train Podcast. <laughs> so uh, in Amsterdam, and I'll say this, and then we'll get on with talking about cheese and our actual interview. But um, <laughs> why Amsterdam. would we do that? Amsterdam, <laughs> yeah. as clean of a city as it is today, which it is remarkably clean. It's a wonderful city. Go oh, beautiful. Um, in the early 20th century, they didn't have plumbing. So they would literally like shit in a bucket and they would just put it outside. And there were people whose job was to walk around with a shit cart and take the buckets and dump it into the cart, and then they would go dump it into the canals. It's like that scene from uh, Monty Python, oh, bring yeah. out your dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I found this fascinating, and for some reason it, it was cut from, from Chrissy's <laughs> It was interesting. We actually, we learned that uh, as part of the uh, Eating tour. Europe food tours, uh, which my friend Kenny Dunn, he's based in Rome. Um, I met him, God, six six plus years ago when he first got started and now he's in Amsterdam and Prague. I think Prague yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a great Amster tour. It was a lot of fun. Amsterdam, Rome, London, and yeah, I think Prague maybe. I got but to learn about the shit carts. That was cool. Like our, mm -hmm. our tour guide was amazing. That, she was pretty um, cool. Yeah, she was super informative and really knew her stuff. When she was told, this? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, this is over the summer in Amsterdam. Yeah, when we went to, to go visit. Well, we were on our way to go visit uh, Patrick Aledo in Alsace. It, you remember she told oh, that story oh. about how she thought her bike was stolen, but she <laughs> she, she was actually too stoned and, and forgot it. That was fucking hilarious. Grocery store. Yeah. Were like, I thought there were like bikes everywhere. You they are everywhere. So she said it's not uncommon for your bicycle to get stolen because sure. there's there's like four times as many bicycles there's as there are people. Seven hundred thousand people. One point five million bikes oh, so, okay so double and she said that she had gone to the grocery store came out and was like son of a bitch they stole gotcha. my bicycle mm -hmm. and so she was really mad and had to walk however many blocks home and got really mad about it and then you know got into the newspaper got herself a new used bicycle and then like a couple months later goes back to the same market you know as she usually does and came out and saw her bicycle and got just enraged that she's like that motherfucker is sure. here and is using my bicycle i'm gonna stand here and wait for them and so she said she stood there for what, like an hour almost <laughs> before she realized that she had just forgotten that's where she had chained it up. <laughs> she, she saw the lock on her bike and noticed that it was her lock. And so she sat outside waiting for a few hours for someone who was never going to come. Um, yeah, she was awesome. Like that was that was a really fun highlight of the of the trip. So. It makes me feel better about a few things I did this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You need those little self reassuring. Um, examples after a heavy night people. of uh, sour diesel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, cheese. Damn it. Let's talk about cheese. cheese. Um, what's your story, Vinny? How'd you get into the the cheese thing? And, and Vinny is, he mentioned he got the cheese that he brought today from Goose, and he's like our third like Goose alumni because we we interviewed Chris. Nice. Chris Ely. Awesome. We did uh, charcuterie and butchery with Chris Ely, and then we did uh, Chris Benedict. Uh, from Love Handle, formerly yep. of Goose. That's right. The yeah, funniest really. interview, oh, but boy. least informative interview. <laughs> it definitely was not informative. And now we have Vinny. And I mentioned this when I was <laughs> when I was talking to Chris. 
No, like, right, yeah. We couldn't. We've already done the the, the best people, and now we're down Where's to Vinny. Well, no, 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 no. Like everybody that works at the Goose is extremely fucking nice, and Vinny, yeah. he's one of these dudes. You, you just got, <laughs> you got great energy, and Wait, you're, you I am nice? yeah, oh, wow. yeah, and right. you're just a great dude. I mean, you can you can tell that if if you know you have any kind of like sense of radar or gauge of people. If you're not, you know, completely mean and vulgar. No, I'm just. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm for just, a long time, you were the man. face of Goose. Like when you came, went into Goose the Market, which oh, we saw Vinny. Yeah, yeah, Vinny was always behind the counter, like you know, cutting the meat or you know, and making I sandwiches. Even, I'd like put Chris in a corner. It was like, what fucking happy pills are you giving your people? You did, you did mention that because everybody that works there does seem to be excessively. And then nice. uh, Kevin, uh, what's what's Kevin's Kevin? Fantastic. Kevin Kevin's Bruce. a great dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, nice, yeah. happy dude. Yeah, I and a lot uh, from him. after the interview with Chris, I came in and Kevin was like, "Underberg is a secret." Like German Underberg problem. German bitters are the, the, the secret to go. happiness at, at the Goose Market. Oh so, yeah, yeah, I think that is a big part of it. Uh, you, but it's the product too, man. It's just that that was it for me. I'm, I, you know, I'm just a nerd. Like I, I was. I've always worked groceries and stuff. I got a, I got a, still a bunch of great homies around Indy and food from um, days at uh, Sunflower Market in Broad Ripple. Yeah, uh, Super Values uh, experiment into the world of um, I don't know organic. So is that where you were at foods. before? Um, that was the Goose. Holy crap! I don't know, like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Was time, time went ago. fast. It was man. a long time ago, dude. Yeah, um, but like. Uh, yeah, like I um, uh, worked with um, Aaron, who's got the Aaron. Uh, was it Aaron Till's got the uh, botanical sodas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I worked with her there. Matt Josie at Big City Farm. So when you dove uh, in, were you of, immediately like drawn there. towards cheese? No, no, I didn't do cheese there really at all. I worked with Charlie there. Is uh, you know what Amelia's uh, running that? Oh, the uh, owner of Amelia's Bakery. Yeah, and 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 his uh, his wife actually before they were married. And uh, yeah, a bunch of fun people, but I didn't I didn't do cheese at all. How did you get led into the bookkeeping there? Bookie, oh, yeah, yeah. I was a bookkeeper. That's not fascinating. Fun. Yeah, but like I said, you know, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just a nerdy guy. You know, I like to, I, numbers are cool too. You know, I, I did produce there a little bit. You can nerd out on that, but yeah, when I started at the Goose, they hired me to stock a drink cooler, which I did. Really. Then, yeah, that was it. That was why I got hired. And um, <laughs> I, I need was, a job. I was stocked that cooler. <laughs> I was I was delivering pasta sauce from a uh, from farm from uh, local folks' uh, foods. Uh, Steve Spencer's farm up in Sheridan, Indiana. And uh, my buddy was like, "Yeah, you should come along. You'd like this place." And uh, I was like, "Man, I do. I, I love this place. It's fantastic." Um, so they were like, "Yeah, you know, we'll let you stock this cooler." <laughs> but uh, the stuff is just cool, you know. The stuff, and that's the thing is, uh, they just have good taste, and good taste reigns and and provides. And uh, anywhere I've worked, like especially if you're in the service industry, you're working in restaurants. Like you can make money at any restaurant, you know. I mean, you could work at Hooters, you could work at Applebee's, you could work at Independence, wherever you work in service, you're you're probably going to make decent money. But I always had to work at places where I could also learn you know like that yeah. that was as, as important to me as actually making the dough was you know can i learn about food can i learn about wine can i learn about service and the, the, the definitely. goose it, definitely. it seems like a venue that engenders that sort of um passion in people absolutely you know? I, was, I was talking to neil charles uh, a couple of days ago and he was right picking on. a couple of things up and um uh just give him a shout out, I guess. He was like, uh, he's like, yeah. Uh, I, was, I told him I was, I was going to come down and do this, bring some cheese. You know, he's like, I remember when Arthur was uh, 
It's like Bless Boy at Peters, you know. It's like yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I've known Neil a long time. That gives me hope to do something. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. That's cool. Maybe yeah. one day you'll have your own podcast. Throw fish around. Yeah. Um, the only thing you can hope for is maybe a, a trip to France or Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're not making any fucking money off of this. I'm in. I'm in. They haven't sent me overseas yet. I mean, we, we're fucking around and joking around, but man, like, honestly, you're the guy that, like, I trust more than anybody in town when I don't know what I want and I want to be introduced to something cool. I appreciate that. I mean, that. and that, Arthur, that like, mentioned that being, yep. like, uh, you know, having to ha- always have those jobs where you were learning something. To me, that's always, like, the difference between a job and your career. Like, I think that's at which point you know you found your career when it's something you can really... Like you're you're thirsty for the knowledge. Absolutely. You want to keep going forward, learning more, and you want to get deeper and deeper if, and go farther down that rabbit hole. And I think that's the point at which you're like, all right, the switch has been flipped. This is what I'm doing. That's so well put. Definitely couldn't say it better. It's like if if you know if you know everything that there is to know about it, that's you're definitely working a job. If right. you feel like you don't know anything, and right. the more you Next learn, out. you realize how little you know. That's a career <clears throat> for sure. All right. So how did um. You're at the Goose, and that, was that the, kind of the beginning of your... Yeah, they let me get behind the counter a little bit and sell some stuff. Do we say fromagier? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that a word, fromagier? Yeah. Well, I'd say the cheese maker, really, but, you know, I mean, I got to talk to them, cheese work with monger. them. Ooh, yeah, I like the word cheesemonger. Cheesemonger. Um, fromagier and the fromagier. So uh, you started working there, started getting behind the counter. Uh, were there any... You said you met with some different cheesemakers. Were there any resources that you, you put, like, stock in or you think, like, Cheese Bible or some shit like that you think is a good oh, resource? Oh, there's a ton of great stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, I think Steve, Steve Jenkins' um, Cheese Primer is kind of recognized as a classic. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think I've got that. Probably more cheesemongers have, like, uh, attributed starting out with that than anything, probably. Um, I mean, the rabbit hole goes deep, man. I mean, this is... It does. This is oh, entirely... Oh, yeah. It's we're a barely going to that like this predates like recorded history as far as how back it oh, goes, yeah. like ten thousand plus years. And Definitely. I mean, hell, if you look at like France and Italy, each have five hundred plus different types of cheese. The same thing right. with, with England. I mean, it's I don't. In, in some cases, the technology has advanced incredibly. I mean, there's definitely whole industries, uh, you know, especially overseas uh, relating to you know the. The, the cave, building of the, the cave to age the cheese um, alone, um, aside from the making of the cheese. You know, I mean, there are a lot of kind of satellite industries built around it. Um, but some cheese is made, a lot of cheese is made exactly the same way it was maybe not the first time yeah, it was made, but within a few rounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. That's one of the beautiful things about it is that, like Arthur said, it goes back so far into, you know, human history and these techniques haven't changed a whole hell of a lot. Generational I'm thing, always shocked yeah. that a lot of people don't really realize how what, or what the process is to how to make cheese. Like, you know, I think especially as Americans, you, you go to the supermarket and you just see, you know, whatever the cheap crap shredded up in a bag and, right. and people mm-hmm. are buying that. They don't really realize that, I mean, we're talking about some, a very complex microbiological process that ends up with these wide wide range and and this vast uh flavors uh that you get out of out of the cheese world absolutely i mean for, for somebody that doesn't know all that much and that has yet to read the cheese primer like when someone's going to a market like i mean what would be the base level of like understanding the cheese making process that you would tell somebody as they walk into your shop 
I guess uh, so. Some insight into the cheese making process. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess it'd be keeping in tune with the fact that it's milk. You know, remember that that it comes from um, an animal that was raised in a condition. So you know, looking at where it comes from, and I think that's been um, a big part of uh, the push for cheese makers nowadays um, has been um, to remember to keep it land based. Because um, yeah, what the animals are age. eating is going to affect the flavor of the, of the milk and, and the cheese. Absolutely, and um, yeah, and and land and ground and free range cheese. Proper stewardship of that ground is um, uh, more of a challenge now than it's ever been. Arguably, um, it's you know, there's um, thanks, Monsanto. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, it's you funny because you know I hadn't thought about it, but when you just said we were talking about you know cheese being of that place, and we we're all familiar with like Appalachians and wine and such, but I mean, gosh. Thinking like cheese might have been oh, like, yeah. like OG Appalachian. People were like demanding cheese <laughs> from like a certain place before anybody really gave a shit about like the location or yeah. Appalachian. I, 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 I believe Roquefort was the first. Really? Roquefort cheese was like was the it? first uh, Appalachian product. Check yeah. mark. All right. Well, now we got our one educational fact out of the way. <laughs> like, no, we've done our job. Check that before this goes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think that is an important point. And, you know, there's obviously a wide range of cheeses, but we get a lot of people that come in. And I mean, my wife included. So um, my wife's from Thailand. And cool. that is just definitely not a part of Thai culture is eating cheese. Absolutely she right. is disgusted by cheese. Right. Which is funny because, I mean, it's just a cultural thing, right? Like she'll eat, you know, fermented fish sauce and all these other things. But cheese, just the idea of even like the bacterial um, cultures that go into cheese making. Hey, it's, it's, really, a, it's a changing really world. I'm, I'm, I've been, I've actually sold fish sauce to a couple of people in Noblesville. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, Cap I Lagers. think people are and, starting to figure and it out. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I, I understand that there um, is at least one European style creamery in Japan now. Oh, right on. They're making. I'm not surprised that it's in Japan cheese. though. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That would be. They love to like point. <laughs> make everything better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like, oh, you make scotch, uh, we're going to do it here. Brad, <laughs> Brad, I'm offended with Ed's last statement. Can you edit that out? <laughs> so, but again. But it is, it's a terawatt product. And that, that you were talking about the different animals' milk, but like uh, what I was going to say is that my wife associates like goat cheese with the flavor she doesn't like. Sure. But I don't think it's necessarily the goat's milk. I think it's the bacterial cultures or whatever, the aging process, because I think. She's had goat cheeses that she wasn't that's, that's disgusted just as by. huge. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's what's fantastic about it. I think um, when when for a long time when I was at the Goose, I think it's it's got to be one of the most popular cheeses in the country. Very Midnight Moon from uh, Cypress Grove Chev, yeah, Arcata, California. There you go. I think it's, it's still probably Molly Uli's favorite cheese. Um, it's a uh, goat, and it's not goaty. You know, yeah, yeah, that barnyardy <laughs> yeah. like kind of yeah, and I it's think that's like what a lot of people associate you know, the gaminess yeah. of that, and it doesn't always necessarily come through. Right, right. It's very clean, you know. Very, very. Yeah, but you know, goats super can bright, be real citrus. gamey. I mean, I, I'm speaking more to. I love goat's milk right. cheeses. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of goat's milk cheeses. Probably more than anything right now, at least. So having um, said that, they having be said so much. that the bacterial culture brings a lot to the game, like when you say you love goat's milk cheeses, what is that, what's the goat's milk bringing to the game that like a cow's milk would not? Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I'm, you know, I don't 
and be a cheese maker, man, they could definitely tell you a whole lot more about that. But I will say um, some of the, the characteristics of it make it really good partners for certain cultures. I imagine um, there's got to be some kind of um, parallel to that in the world of beverages where certain product, a certain uh, maybe they uh, seem to be a bit more cultures or something like that or tart to me. Um, then I don't know the pH level of it, goat's milk. It's definitely the highest milk. in acidity versus yeah. cow or sheep's milk. Yeah. Um, it's got the, the highest acidity and the least, um, uh, like trace minerals mm-hmm. and, you know, just other stuff in their solids. Whereas like sheep's milk is really high in that stuff. Um, cow's milk tends to send, sit kind of in the middle. Sheep's milk is also the highest in proteins, whereas goat's milk's the lowest. Um, hmm. So they just have very lowest in proteins, yeah. Got to eat your protein. (laughs) 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 So if you're if you're if you're if you're hiking, if you're hiking, camping, whatever, you know, a good hearty sheep's milk cheese, it's like it's like survival food. It's like the best thing you could take. Did you know that the Cyclops in Homer's Odyssey, um, he made cheese. Cyclops was a cheesemonger. Really? I read that. Yeah. I was way young. That, I don't that's remember in that. The Odyssey? Odyssey? Yeah. yeah. God, it's been a while since I've read The Odyssey. There's a brief little quote where he's talked about his goats and his, his youth. No, you know what? I do remember that because I did read it about five years ago. That's awesome. I reread it, but I, man, if you wouldn't have said that, I would not have remembered that. Somebody needs to do that cheese. Oh, that, yeah. with, with that Cyclops, Cyclops, Cyclops cheese. Oh, that'd be hard. There's some oh, some of the labels are as good as anything. Did you see the... Um, uh, the German cheese with the big peppercorns in it, the peppered ass. It's got, <laughs> oh no, I, man, I should have brought this box. I've got the cheese box. And it's literally, it's got like um, this like cheesemonger guy like out in space, or cheesemaker, I guess, and he's uh, got a pepper grinder and he's grinding pepper onto an ass in space and it's just like flo- floating around You mean there. like a donkey or like? No, like a butt. <laughs> <laughs> And he's putting the pepper on it. That's right. That's the point where you, as a consumer, walk up to the case and go, "That's sold." Exactly. Yeah, I mean, come on. Who's not gonna? <laughs> who wouldn't buy that? If you wouldn't buy that, you suck. It's sold I out. Mean, needless to say, it's sounds popular. like craft beer branding. <laughs> it does yeah. sound like craft beer. And branding. that's that's exactly the kind of thing you're kind of starting to see. You yeah. know? If you put a butt on it, they will come. <laughs> I mean, cheese wow, is definitely having a that. moment. That's for sure. Because like, yes, I was man. just. Um, at one of the big box grocery stores, uh, maybe a couple months ago, they remodeled the one where I live, um, and they have like a whole cheese section now that's got really cool, weird stuff in there. And I was like, "What the hell? Like, this is the place where you would be lucky to find like an, an organic onion, much less all these like weird, funky, right, overripe." Well, it's, it's a good Mur- point. Murray's I mean, has been working with. Kroger extensive. Yeah, 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 that was a good move on and Kroger's I, part. I've done over the years. I've done like a number of, of trainings for different uh, managers at, at Kroger's and other mm-hmm. other grocery okay. um, stores. And did they initiate they, that? They, did they? Yeah, they, they they they've sent mm-hmm. like a bunch of their people to Chicago and have like genuinely have invested in their their people to to learn about cheese um, and become cheesemongers. So um, I need that job. I've got, a, I've got a good buddy who did that job, um, Christina Fleming. She went out there. Uh, they sent her out to Colorado, and she was doing that. And she actually left for to work at a dispensary um, at Lucy Sky. Uh, 
Just laughing. Spencer when we were off boutique. mic, when you arrived, Arthur said, uh, "Is that weed I smell or cheese?" There's a lot of there's a lot of parallels in those industries. Too. <laughs> I went to a um, went actually at the American Cheese um, Society uh, conference uh, in Denver uh, this summer. Went to a what is that really like? cool tasting? It's it's a party. It's so great. It's Sorry, are people cool or are they like a bunch of? Oh no, they're fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it primarily cheesemongers or like cheesemakers or a little bit of both? Both, yeah, and uh, distributors. So you get to kind and, of meet the people and, that are making right. the cheese and, and people who work on technology that goes into aging cheese. I mean, there's a lot of people would go out a lot and party. You wouldn't think of everybody goes it's out party. Except Denver. like, well, you know, yeah. there's a lot of cheesemakers, so you know, there's like, you know. Uh, you know, Mennonite and, um, you know, so, some of the more... Like Amish you know, cheesemakers. Yeah, Amish cheesemakers. They don't necessarily oh, yeah. party so hard. You know? I was going to say, <laughs> but, I, I want to see the, the German Baptist party. But <laughs> <laughs> needless to say, they're really fun. It's, it's really um, cool. I mean, it's I go, and I know Ed goes to some trade shows, but I go to like a lot of wine spirit conferences, and you got to be careful because you'll wake up with cheeseburgers in your shoes and shit if you're not... <laughs> If you, that sounds like no. a real story. Oh yeah, yeah no, no it, I'm not making that up. That, that, <laughs> that's happened. Um, people at, at wine conferences, they they like to get fucked up. They they have a good time. Yes. Yeah. All right. It goes so along the, with the, that. the, the cheese all, the cheese community is is a little bit risque too. I'm feeling a little um, uneducated now because well, in, in addition to not really knowing that much about cheese other than what I like to eat, and like I said, I usually go to a guy like you at the counter and just say, hey, just. That's Give me job. some cool stuff. And I, you know, We're nerds, so you don't have to be. That's the point. I mean, you do the things that, like, what we do with wine or food. Like, well, right. here's what I like to eat. What can you recommend? And, you know, um, but I, the reason I'm feeling uneducated, I didn't realize there was such a thing as, like, cheese conferences. This is a new bucket list item. I don't even care if it's just only in Denver. Well, that's I, the great I've thing about it. it. When you're on a plane and you tell the guy next to you that's where you're going, <laughs> they just laugh. You know, it's just, cheese is just funny by its nature. It's fun. It's, you know, that's it's, why, that's why, that's why it can't be made um, pretentious. Well, I, I would say it's certainly not as pretentious as wine. And yeah, I think I, yeah, it resists it very well because it it's cheese. You well, know? it's usually paired with the wine, and so I think the natural inclination is to be more snobby about the wine than the cheese that you're eating with it. You want some so, cheese with that wine? So, yeah, so just, uh, <laughs> it just it gets kind of pushed off the side and I mean, avoids the pretension. You're right. I, I can't think of anybody that's just like, I can't believe you don't eat Roquefort. Well, you know, it's just—it's uh, a little ridiculous. No, I, I guarantee you there are. There's got to be some. There some, are some cheese. <laughs> there are some but, cheese douchebags yeah, that are cheese douchebags. They're, yeah. they're a rare breed. Um, I could only imagine what like that conference hall smells like. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's pretty funky. And <laughs> cheese. Weed and cheese. We already covered that. Do no, I um, went to a tasting where they had uh, cheeses with, you know, um, craft beers and wines and, and terpenes. Um, just uh, that you, uh, from, you know, from the cannabis, you know, that you just like, you, you have a squeeze bottle, you just put it into a little... Um, a glass of uh, water or whatever, and you drink that, you take that with it, and it it just, it was almost, you know, it's pairing one food item with a beverage is complicated. True. You know, yeah. It's complex if you're reading into it, if you're doing your best. Uh, man, that just really opens it up even more, and it's just like kind of mind-boggling uh, what can be done. Molly Brown at uh, Jasper Hill Creamery, uh, or the sellers of Jasper Hill, uh, came up with that tasting. It was a good idea. It was very cool. Well, I was I was gonna ask. It was like in my notes. You know, do you think certain cheese goes with certain 
weed. Because I have, I have friends, like, on the coast that are like, oh, yeah, man, this weed would go great with that Sauvignon Blanc. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Calling your bluff, Yeah, you bro. know, I mean, no, not really. I mean, if you're, it, it, you know, compromises your ability to perceive things aromatically, if you're stoned, and what bullshit, you know. But, it, but, but, it, but it's true. It's all a balancing act. I mean, um, you know, al- arguably, right, alcohol kind of kills flavor to a degree, Right. So depending on the content of that in a beverage, I mean, that plays into the aromatics, right, or the flavors held within. I've long held that I think cannabis is a really uh, excellent accompaniment. And I know I realize that I'm getting into a territory where people are going to start destroying me on online, but mixing drugs. But drinking a glass of wine uh, after, uh, you know, a vaporizer or something. I've been to some amazing places in Denver. uh, well, actually, last time I remember, we had smoked a joint or edibles. I don't remember now, but we went to uh, Rioja, and just it really elevated the uh, the wine tasting experience mm-hmm. um, in my mind. You know, I was just a little bit more perceptive, I think, to some of the uh, the more subtle notes in yep. the wines. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really think that, it, it, <laughs> and I said this. You know, in a, a couple of years ago in the newspaper, they interviewed. They wanted to talk about this whole four twenty pairing thing, and I. It was like, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily, I'm like, yeah, you can eat pizza pockets or whatever, but, you know, if you're going to be consuming cannabis, there are really uh, uh, useful uh, things that you can do with, like, food pairing. And I, I've never done, like, my, that. Terpenes, my, that's taken to the next level, man. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, that just flavor-wise, it was very eye-opening as far as, like, and now they're, like, you know, that product um, has little i think if any psychological effect until maybe like you you like light up after that or something yeah so terpenes are like the components um in cannabis that can like essentially alter the high um and so that's where you can kind of straight thc is going to have more or less the same effect you know it's all it's the entourage effect with all the terpenes and so that's what makes you giggly or makes you kind of like lazy or, you know, right. makes you energetic. But I, mean, I guess that's just the thing, you know, I mean, due to the lack of the THC in that, in that concentrate product, mm-hmm. um, you can have that with a bunch of food and, you know, I mean, you won't really be yeah, high no, per se. Not at all. Wow, this just took a weird turn, didn't it? It's like we started off talking. I don't know what the fuck we started off talking about. <laughs> <laughs> We're just covering it, man. Every, yeah, different this different is, ways of doing it. This is a, a very blurry definition of a cheese episode, and like cheese, weed, oh, we're wine. Just yeah, yeah, totally. Life, life this is shows. New Year's Eve, man. Like honestly, this is our New Year's Eve episode. Well, not gonna go up until uh, January third or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, come on, we're just chilling out. I hope you're having a great 2018. I hope so, man. We're finishing our 2017 pretty solid. I'm mean, like cheese, wine on the table. What are you guys drinking for? I don't know. Your toast or whatever. Like, oh man! What do you do? Yeah, you do anything? I, I try you to avoid. Anything? Well, you know what? Traditionally, I try to avoid the uh, the streets tonight because two people do overconsume, and as much as we'd like uh, all think that everyone's responsible, they're usually not. And so I try to stay off the road so that some dumbass doesn't crash into me. Right. But this year, uh, with New Year's Eve being on a uh, on a Sunday, I think we're going to see a diminished. Um, kind of going out party. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, I'll see how the night plays. I've got, I won't get off work until probably 10 PM. So at that point I'll make it a call. If it's, if it's crazy, asleep. I'll go home and I'll have a, I'll have a glass of rum and I don't know. I might bust uh, out some yeah, of this. <laughs> hey, I've got that Paul I'm Bo just going to wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, right. What? Like, Ooh, look. Now <laughs> it's totally different than 1159. It's 1201. 
there's a lot about New Year's that really pisses me off. <laughs> You know what grinds his gears? We want to know. We want to know. Um, the, the fucking Times Square, man. Like it. Well, Times Square pisses everybody off. Well, I mean, I, I can't. <laughs> I cannot watch the ball drop without getting just furious because it, it's like everything that's. It's hard wrong. to imagine that you have anger problems. I just. I don't know what you're talking about. What, what did? Who is it? Like, it sounds like the yoga is really working. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's it a drink culture podcast when we got interviewed. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. the yoga is really working yeah, for you. No, no, it's, it's you know, they have these horrible shows at Times Square, and it's like, you know, hey, it's a reunion of Backstreet Boys. Or, <laughs> it's fucking horrible, man. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, hey, let's hear several songs by Black Eyed Peas. Um, <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas. If the Black Eyed Peas are on. That shit. I wouldn't even know if they're on it tonight. Well, that, I would laugh, but like, you would believe I, I, it though, I'm right? Not, yeah, we believe I would it. Believe no, it. that's why I, like, I would believe laugh, it. But I, I'm not gonna watch that, that shit. That's a band, right? That, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, all right, Fergie. Um, you kidding? Yeah, yeah, Fergie. Whatever. <laughs> Fergie um, and some dudes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just. It, you remember just, that halftime show? Oh my god. <laughs> when did they Train do the halftime show? Is is a Super Bowl? The Super Bowl, ma'am. I don't know. I, th- I think anybody's got a hard time beating Janet Jackson on the halftime show. <laughs> Prince. Prince was pretty rough. Yeah, that was. Man, and it, when Prince started singing Purple Rain and started fucking raining. Come on. Oh, that's come on, true. Baby. Yeah, come that on. Was, that yeah. was a rare. He was. That was an, a rare I wonder, the, I wonder what the yes. odds were on that happening. Or if they were like, all right, guys. At 9.43, it is predicted <laughs> to rain. We have got to have Prince <laughs> on the stage at that time. He was a fucking alien, man. That was that was our year too. I yeah. did see that was a cult say. Did you was see? Um, yeah. yeah, the prince, yep. the prince year. Yeah, uh, I saw on Twitter. Uh, Phil Collins tweeted out, um, and Phil, unfo- he's still alive. Unfortunately, <laughs> by the time anybody listens to this episode, it'll be too late. So we can't give valid, like, relevant information. Although I did retweet it on our Twitter account. It, it, he tweeted out at at what point? I think it's like a, at eleven fifty eight and like whatever fourteen seconds. If you mm-hmm. start in the air tonight. Right at midnight, the drum break goes down. <laughs> <laughs> so you can hit 12 o'clock, right? Doo, 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 doo. I have a new, a new New Year's tradition. Yeah. Wow. No, seriously, like, look at our Twitter account, man. It, it, it'll tell you, and you can, like, start. I'm going to queue it up, man. Fuck I it. will. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I want live video of this, Vinny. Like, All set right. up your All iPhone, right. man. And, no, like, no, when you bring like, it in, we'll like put it Skype up. Like, Skype me. We'll do it at the same time. We'll, we'll, I'll put it up on the website, <laughs> and, like, it'll accompany this episode. So if that, if you... If you're listening to this and you didn't see that video, he didn't do it. If, if you don't, if you don't do air drums to that, oh, who like, does it? Have no soul, yeah. <laughs> All right, cheese. Were cheese. we talking about cheese? I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Um, so, <laughs> you did mention something earlier about um, seasonality of cheese. There's some seasonality involved. Yeah, uh, I was that, curious about that too. That is a thing. So, it's like the winter time now. So, if I was buying cheese, I'd be looking for. Um, Different milks for different uh, properties. Uh, winter milk uh, tends to be like really fatty. Uh, animals are putting a lot of fat on their young. You know, I mean, it's just they're providing. Um, whereas summer milk tends to be really flavorful and really nuanced because you have, um, depending again on on the production and the the, the terroir or whatever. You know, um, they're getting more grass typically. Um, they're getting uh, flowers, you know, they're, they're out eating the pasture. Um, 
That's a in a lot of cases. I hadn't really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's the same thing with oysters. I think most people don't think about oyster season, but I mean, mm-hmm. if you're in an oyster producing area, you definitely do. And that's the same thing, right? Like they're, when they're putting on the fat, that's when you get the really beautiful oysters. Sure. Fat oysters? Ooh, man. Yeah. So oysters bulk so, like, up in the You guys want to eat some oysters? I guess I can bring in some, I guess some oysters in my <laughs> he truck. He has oysters really in the do. car right now. Oh, he says like yeah, New Year's yeah. Eve. Yeah. We were, um, in, the first time I was ever in Seattle, I happened to be there at this restaurant and they were like literally rolling out like this red carpet. They had the champagne glasses everywhere and whatnot. I was like, what the, are, do we need to leave? Do you guys have a special event going on that we need, we're not booked for? Is that a wedding out there or something? Because everybody's like dressed really fancy and they had this red carpet and champagne everywhere and uh they said no it's oyster new year oh and i said oyster new year i need to know about this like Seriously. this sounds fucking amazing i don't know if it was just that restaurant or if it's a whole thing that they do in the pacific northwest but i was fascinated that's cool because it was like right at like peak season so i guess it would have been end of october beginning of november that at that year so um so we stayed yeah we stayed and drank champagne and ate oysters all night and it was it was fantastic heartbreaking um, yeah, I know. <laughs> tough life. Yeah, wow, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's why I love the Pacific Northwest, man. Oysters and uh, oysters and bubbly. First world problem. Oh, yeah, or Riesling. I gotta go visit. Yeah, I got, yeah totally I got... right. Yeah. <laughs> so go love going to the Northwest and drinking Riesling <laughs> and eating oysters. I uh, <laughs> snobby <pricks>. oyster douche. <laughs> oyster douche. I got about about two years ago. I got into uh, modular synthesizers. That's my other like hobby now. I do a bunch of modular synthesizer shit. And um, man, the let me tell you. And so it's like an old-style synthesizer from, like, when they first invented them. There's, like, all these little components. They all do something. You patch it manually. It's mm-hmm. not, like, all blocked away from you behind, like, a panel with just, like, a keyboard, and that's all you can really do is play the keyboard. It's like you, like, you reconfigure the workings of it. So you can do more than make, like, tonal pretty music. You can make, like, weird-sounding shit, you know, and that's kind of what it's for. But it's, it's really popular right now. It kind of resurgence. Um, but I'll tell you, I like, I sell a lot of it. I like buy and sell synthesizer modules in, in my time. That's like what I do. I tell you, like, nine out of ten of them go to Seattle or Portland or like. Really? Or like the Bay. Yeah. Like, that's stuff's huge out there. Well, the, the live music scene in Seattle and Portland, especially Seattle. Like, I mean, that's one of my favorite cities. I've, I've said that numerous times. But I gotta go. It's, I can't wait. It's so it's a great city. I'm so jealous of like the live music scene there because I every time I go there, you're just walking down the street, and in one evening you can pass by five live music venues that'll all have some amazing, nationally known, legendary artists playing there, and all on the same night. Yeah. And last time I was there, I really fucked up because I walked by um, right around the corner from Rumba. I was on, actually on my way to Rumba to go see uh, Kate Perry, the manager there, and. I said, Katy Perry? Oh, not Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I would also go see Katy Perry, but no, it was Kate Perry. Um, and on the marquee, it was like, ah, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And I was like, ah, right on, man. I, I was like, Fuck, oh, I, sh- I should go, man. I should totally just walk in right now. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to meet a buddy over at Rumba and, you know, yeah. whatever. And so I didn't go. And then I found out like a week later from a buddy of mine, Jesus, and, uh, in San Francisco. He was like, that was like the best live show I've ever seen. And Jesus goes to a lot of shows. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. I walked right by You're that place and up. ignored it. I was like, yeah, I should have gone in. The but Jesus like a, gets a lot of free tickets. And I don't know. The Jesus might. He's been he's been like a AGM or general manager. I can't remember if he's a top dog or, or second Where? commander of, of uh, Hard Rock. I was talking uh, so, about our Lord and Savior. Oh, uh, <laughs> our, our Lord. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, I got uh, talked to about that at Christmas time by my niece. Oh, who really? now realizes that the goat angel at the top of the tree isn't really an angel. <laughs> <laughs> the, the depiction she's of like, I Satan. Know what you're, yeah, she's like, I know what you're doing. I, 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 <laughs> in previous years, he's always been the goat angel. I've got this awesome Baphomet that goes on the top of the tree. and Yeah, <laughs> just, that's not a... Why is Satan on the Christmas tree? <laughs> Hey man, it's a fucking pagan holiday originally. Exactly, uh, yeah. Right? Let's get into that. Like, why not? We've done everything That's else right. except cheese. That's right. <laughs> True that. So, hey, you want to know what cheese we got? I was just about to say. <laughs> That's a great segue to cheese. You- cheese. Uh, four types of cheese in front of us. We got four cheeses. Uh, I guess it, old school, like traditional, like noon is like where you start on the cheese board. Okay. So we can do I that. I didn't know that, actually. That's like, like, yeah, formal. Th- I like a lot of the old things. I think they're cool. You can always break from tradition, but, you know, it's like nice to throw those out there. So the standard issue, if you get dropped the cheese board. Um, New, you know, you got your circles or your cheese is going in a circle more or less. Right. And um, uh, the top, you know, the first one you start with, the, the noon hour, that's okay. like your, your starter cheese. Um, and you go clockwise and you go clockwise and uh, you uh, there are a lot of ways you can do it but typically i guess the basic thing is start with mild and you go bolder more intense okay yeah, so kind intense of the same flavors. thing with wine you right younger older lighter way. bigger mm-hmm. um all right so uh so really it's it's facing you i guess arthur you're kind of you're kind of the, the person because it would really kind of start with this mimolette hell yeah the mimolette uh, that's a aged cow's milk cheese from france it's uh the um do you know where it comes from in france uh i don't recall i don't know i'll have to check that i'm i'm so rusty i've been fishing out for a year and i'm letting all my good Letting all my good knowledge fall off. Geeky cheese knowledge yeah. falling off. Well, phone a friend. I have to call Katie Finley on that one. Phone uh, a friend. Yeah. Hey, I'm on a podcast right now. And I want to say it's from like North Central France. Um, maybe a little LA. bit. Maybe like a little, <laughs> maybe a little like further east, a little closer to Belgium. Um, okay. That was the cheese that we've got here? That's or? that's the orange boy. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. Okay. So, uh, annatto color. I guess when we're sitting that. at a round table, the uh, the noon on the cheese board is different for each of us. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's our third one. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's a hard cow's milk cheese. It's got um, the orange color from annatto seed. Uh, the Spanish call it achiotes, um, mm-hmm. little red seeds, you know. And um, they don't, they, they provide some flavor, but it's mostly for color. Um, now I took a bite of the rind on that, and mm-hmm. it kind of tasted like shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, is there a good rule of thumb for when to eat rind, when not to eat rind with cheese? I, th- I think you hit it on the head. Try it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the best way to do it. Yeah, unless it's clearly wax. Right. You don't have to try that, and that wax ain't gonna kill you. You can never really go wrong. You're never gonna like keel over and die because you ate a little bit of rind. But um, I think the best way to do it is just taste a little bit of it because. I don't know if you do like 10 cheeses that way nine of them it might be like not a great rind you go eh, i'm not gonna eat the rind on this one but like the one that you might have missed out on that's fantastic you, you don't want to miss out on it like some of them are are really delicious and it can be hard to tell 
So uh, I can, I can, you know what I mean? Like I can lay down some kind of like foundation right. stuff, but I would say the overarching rule is just taste a little bit. Um, right, just try it. Just try it. Um, Usually but, it's more of a texture thing, I think, than anything. Um, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so the, that mimolette has a, a natural rind on it, you call it, where it's, it's just been allowed to just be open. Whatever flora is in the air settles there grows on it and that's part of the aging process and it's part of the aging process and makes it what it is um that's one of those cheeses that it's really about you know the body of the cheese or the pace of the cheese not so much the rind you would typically discard it you cut it off and how long has that been aged uh that's uh i believe that's an at least um six month mimolette so what's the range that the cheese gets aged? You know, like a lot of people think that all wine should be aged or gets better with age. And right. that's, that's definitely not sure. the case. They, they, they do it in stages, depending on what you're looking for. As far as how much they age it, that's probably a question for a better cheesemonger than me. Um, I think they call it stages. Different um, cheese stages. stages. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, the, the oldest, I think, we we ever brought in at the goose is like a year old. That's an old really. Because um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I swear I've had some cheese that was like age like three five plus years or something like that. Is other that- uh, other cheeses very likely. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe Mimolette. I'm, my memory could be failing me there, but you know that's that's, that's, that's definitely a, a possibility. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that's I don't know that that cheese is just. Wonderful after six, and it just gets better and better. That is one. It is kind of a better with age. Yeah, it is. I will say. Some some are that way. Slightly briny, slightly nutty. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's 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 got that like very fruity nature too. It's like uh, candy and waxy, and I I love it. It's um, cheese part deux. What's the second one? Uh, that's the rustica cow's milk cheese. Um, that's from Lexington, Kentucky. It's made by Giovanni Capasudo at Sapori d'Italia. He um, sounds like a Kentucky native. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> so, Southern Italy. And uh, his family had a bunch of cafes there. And he came here and he just wanted to share Italian-style food, Italian-style cheese making. So um, he realized, you know, nobody else around here is, is really doing is like really, really real Italian cheese. So he's doing it. And it is. And it's fantastic. That's cow's milk. It's pasteurized. Uh, he does different flavors with the rustico which is very traditional he does one with um, herbs he does one with um, red pepper sweet red peppers he does the black black peppercorn this uh this one happens to be my favorite the black peppercorn yeah uh, delicious the walnut is very good too he does one with, that's studded with walnuts it's great um for the holidays because it just goes with like everything i'm a sucker for black peppercorn in general like i way really? overdo it on black pepper when when we were talking to uh leor leor um on the spice episode, he mm-hmm. talked about how much pepper he eats in a day. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that. Absolutely, like, I'm a big a pepper dude. Ton it's, of black pepper. It's a hallowed tradition in Southern Italian cheeses too. It's really important. Um, probably the, I would say my favorite cheese that I ever had. My favorite cheese moment um, eating cheese was um, a cheese that he brought me, uh, Giovanni. Uh, not when he made, but he was coming back from Italy, and so it was one of those like I've got treasures kind of stops, you know, because um, it was stuff that doesn't make it here and he had uh, oh man i never see this cheese or eat this cheese so i feel really bad that i'm about to butcher it but uh, uh piacetino inese uh or something to that effect we'll we'll buy uh, it yeah okay sounds good <laughs> yeah it's, right <laughs> it's, so it's the way he describes it, it's like mafia cheese like it, they have like um these these cheese factories there in sicily and 
they have saffron and they infuse the cheese with with saffron sounds very inexpensive and yeah right and it, it's 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 loaded with peppercorns too and it's um all sheep's milk and then they take the wheels and they put them on a rack out in the heat and under with a vat under them and it just catches all the sweat from the cheese everything that just like all the moisture sweats out of it and then they take that and they like rub the cheese with it some more and they're like Wow. Put that sweat back on. So it, is know, it like fermenting out there? Or? I mean, it's already basically fermented, um, but it's like, I don't know a better way to put it than concentrating. It's, it's aging, you know, but as it ages, they basically wash it in the moisture that it sheds. Um, so it, it just gets a very uh, fermented taste to it. it sounds and, funky. Yeah, it's, it's a funky one. Um, but man, it was, I mean, the saffron like concentrates too, and it's just like like a little piece of gold studded with black peppercorns that is the most fantastic moment in cheese I've ever had I don't know what would be my cheese moment Ed man I don't know I to me it's more um, anecdotal like just kind of all the everything that was surrounding the experience but I um, I've now become friends with the gentleman um, Alessandro Vopetti his um, dad and uncle own a little gourmet mm-hmm. market not nice. unlike Goose the Market all right. Opa. Fatality. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't put the Riedel down. Um, <laughs> that just now saying. finally stopped. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Alessandro Fopetti, his dad and um, uncle own a place in Testaccio in Rome uh, that's not unlike size-wise or uh, kind of uh, vibe from Gusto Market, mm. uh, except the fact that it's in Italy cool. and in Rome. And he started there as a little, like, four-year-old, five-year-old used to. Uh, he said he... His job was uh, coming in and just watching the customers, make sure they didn't steal anything. Now this is a tiny; it's probably yeah. about half the size of Gusto Market. It's like I don't know, yeah. a couple hundred square feet, but I mean they have like black truffles sitting on the counter. So he, his job was just <laughs> I mean, like, come on, yeah, yeah. His job was just to stand there to make sure nobody stole anything. But um, <laughs> wow, um, we he's a couple of times um, had somebody mule cheese over to me um, from Rome, which is always a fantastic gift when I get a text message like, hey, I got something for you, and you open up that package from Volpetti and oh wow. and so like for me like that's always a must stop uh if I'm in Europe and anywhere near Rome like go see Alessandro because it's just uh I mean it's the market's been there for I don't know since before I was born but it's not like fifth generation or anything like that like they're I'm really putting it on my list for sure that's it's, too cool it's just, uh, I, I told I mean, my mom cool I'd dude. take her sometime well like he and you are like my two guys that I know that I can just come in and I can say hey I just need like a platter. Can I feel you like just? I just got put on a whole new pedestal. I well, know it's about like here's, that's fantastic. Here's, here's my X amount of dollars. I need a plate. I'm just do it. something, you know. And that's what I do when I go, when I go to Rome. And again, it sounds like yeah, first world problems here. But <laughs> it's like you you can go. It's in, your there's job, no, man. There's no way to go out of that to leave that place empty-handed. Yeah. And and so because he's such a good salesman, because he's got a cheese knife in hand, you walk in and he's just pulling pieces off and handing them to you. You're gonna bite into something mm-hmm. that you're gonna want. And so, yeah, I like to do just like a little uh, open air lunch in the, the kind of uh, piazza and testacho. And I just go into him like, hey, man, I got like 40 euros. Just put something together. So just get some prosciutto and porchetta and just a ton of different cheeses. And it's like and that's how it, it should be. It's that's e- how it experiential, be. though. Like it's not necessarily like one cheese. That was your question. I think, Arthur, like, you know, what was the one that did it for me? But. It was more the experience of it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, hey, that can be it, man. I and mean, that, that's how it should be. It's 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 a fun thing. It's a shared thing. It's it should be just like sitting at a bar in order for a bartender. You know, it's something you share with right. that person. 
um, in that moment. And it's kind of something that you share between your personalities. It's, it's something where they're kind of like taking what they have gathered about you in the couple of minutes since you've been in the building and have decided, yeah, this is probably what you're after based on what you told me and what I have, you know, in front of me. And that's actually a really good point. I've never really it. thought about that, but I mean, cheese might be the most communal food there is. Uh, because when's the last time you sat and ordered a cheese board for yourself? You know, I mean, you're always sharing. You I probably do more than most people, but <laughs> right, 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 I, right. I, that question still makes me feel guilty. Yes. <laughs> guilty for eating all the cheese off the board. <laughs> guilty for not doing that enough. There's no reason what was your to do cheese that. moment, Arthur? Uh, definitely more experience than the actual cheese itself. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of like a cheese moment, but... Uh, the only thing that comes to mind is the the first time I went to France, um, I was on a work trip and I spent time in Champagne and I spent time in the Charente uh, to visit some some cognac properties. And we were at a Michelin restaurant. There's about a dozen of us in a room and there was no air conditioning. Surprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, That's a, definitely the, the biggest uh, really bummer is, about Europe. Man. It the really middle of summer is, is so man. hot. Come on, Europe, get some air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Come um, on. We're Americans. We need air conditioning. Seriously. Don't you know we're special? I mean, how can I enjoy this lovely wine cocktail food if I'm fucking <laughs> right, yeah. sweating balls? Um, but uh, we, we were at this, this Michelin restaurant, and uh, the, the windows were open for sake of breeze. So there's this, you know, flow of of air going through the room and like I didn't even have to turn around and they just behind me they brought in the cheese cart and like you know opened it up and it was just like ah funky town like it's like the ice cream truck oh it's playing music yeah yeah that would be yeah. awesome. The cheese All the kids car, run out of the house. The cheese car plays Funky Town. It's like Tally. Give me two dollars. Uh, I gotta get a piece of cheese. It was so <laughs> stinky. What you remember the like, code? The I smelled it a Funky Town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's Tally. That's right. Yeah, from South Park. I forgot. I'm so high. <laughs> it's so fitting. It, it, it's such a goddamn that character. That's the melody to Funky Town. He's that PF Chains. <laughs> no, you're a towel. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 2018, everybody. That's right. <laughs> but um, I mean, you could just like the whole room was just like saturated with with the smell of cheese. And it's all of its funkiness. And I was looking on their wine list, and it was a very deep wine list. And they had, for 210 euros, they had a bottle of 1928 Gerardo Rose. Uh, that's a second-growth Bordeaux. Hmm. And I shouted across the table to a buddy of mine who was also a, a wine nerd. I was like, dude, 1928 Gerardo And he, like, is very, like, dismissively was like, I don't care for the 98 or the 28. And then everyone <laughs> laughed. And we didn't get it. Uh, I was bummed out because that's a very age-worthy house. But do some, um, do some exactly. Um, no, the Charente's beautiful, man. Um, really awesome farmers that's what market. That's did it for you. Huh? I think so. I mean, you know, I've had moments in, in other countries with uh, different cheese selections. Um, there's a. I wish I could remember the name, but in Siena, there's this amazing shop that is. Uh, I smell weed again. <laughs> do you? <laughs> it's, it's your memories nice nice um it's the cheese it's your memories it's, um, it's, it's just like muscle memory in there man that's right 
Oh, that smell never You've goes away. You tied that into the Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 Old factory. I'm not going to forget that smell. All right, cheese number three. What do we got? Cheese number three. This one, you guys, like, we should all, like, taste this one together. Like, all right, let's yeah, do it. get some of that, and then don't chew it. Just, just let it, like, break let down. Let it sit. Okay. Let it sit. Let it break down. So you brought tools. You had, like, a little cheese kit. So like, it really Yeah, it's one of those hobbies that, like, has a... cheese uh, board and some cheese knives in your car. And I feel like, like that's one of those things that, like, you know, Williams-Sonoma, they're always trying to, like, sell you shit. And I think people buy cheese knives and cheese boards, and they don't really ever use them. But, I mean, it's, you should. You, you should. should I use mine. Yeah. I use mine a lot. Well, you, you know, it's like, you it's not very a, often. A Usually you're there already. Whatever you're doing is probably not that important. You're there. If you have a cheese board, cheese knife in your car and a piece of cheese, and suddenly you're having cheese while you're doing what you're doing. You literally doing. walked in with a cheese knife and, a, and like a, a pack. I wish we, uh, we, we right. Yeah, we weren't wow, we were talking intense. about that, but it's like everybody waits for that, isn't it? Isn't that good? Everybody waits for that cheese party, and you don't have to wait for the cheese party. You can eat cheese anytime. I like something I can just put mm. in my pocket and walk around all day. So yeah, let that break down a little Did bit. Did you just say put cheese in your pocket and walk not? around all day? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, Vinny is you followed didn't. by several rodents. <laughs> <laughs> As he, as he walks down the street. It's like the fucking Pied Piper, man. It's like, I don't know what's right. going on with that Sulla's guy. Yeah, my dog those, never those likes anybody. Taste. I got a fucking mm. piece of cheese in my pocket, man. That's mm-hmm. a secret. It's got some, like, funkiness to it. Yeah. I like oh. the, is it working? Is it moving? Is it changing? Like, that's um, nice. That's the first raw milk cheese we've had. Um, it's the first wash drying cheese we've had. That's from... Uh, so what do those two things mean? So... It's raw, meaning the milk hasn't been pasteurized, so you retain uh, microflora. You 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 retain a lot of um, just nuance that you don't get otherwise. It, it is an important thing. Um, I'm not as a cheesemonger. I'm not don't feel really militant about raw versus uh, pasteurized, whereas a lot of uh, darn near do. I mean, it's like, it's a pretty big deal. Um, oh, I'm sure there's people at the cheese conference that are like, non-pasteurized. You get the same kind of people. I know it's a big the, thing. The, the douche psalms, yeah, but. That's what people get in trouble for. There's nothing for, wrong though, with right? bringing, pasteurized cheese. It's fantastic. Bringing cheese in from abroad, like that was one of the things that used to get people in a lot of trouble, right? Like bringing in raw milk cheese mm-hmm. because of whatever. Well, the laws are different, you know, because right. um, like here in Indiana, it's like state by state uh, raw milk. Um, you can eat a raw milk cheese as long as it's aged sixty days. Hmm. So you can't you can't buy raw cow's milk for yourself and drink it. But what do they do? It's like you can buy it for your pet. You can buy pet milk, or you can buy a share of a cow from a farm, and then you get to share in the milk that is already yours because gotcha. you're part of that okay. cow. Right. You know, there's like different things. Not to take do. anything away from Louis Pasteur. I mean, he's a pretty historically significant cracker, but. <laughs> when you pasteurize something, you're just you're killing it. You know, I mean, right? Yeah. Well, that was the point. <laughs> I mean, sure. I know. Not, but not that he wasn't a, a a fan of of fermentation as a vehicle as well. He said right. like wine was like the most sanitary beverage or whatever. Yeah. I didn't know, but I read that cheese is a deviation of quat, which is uh, to ferment or to sour. Cool. Really, I didn't know that. Stands to reason. Wikipedia, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> We've established that in numerous episodes. Like, don't anybody say Arthur doesn't do his research. <laughs> yep. Cheese primer, my ass. <laughs> cheese primer. I got it all in one page. <laughs> and they're asking me to donate. Hey, hand me that wine. But no, I, I, I love... Are you going to throw that on the floor, too? A, yes. A lot of my... <laughs> 
A lot of my uh, favorite cheeses are pasteurized cheeses. They're, they can be totally fantastic. Um, but I, I think what what we should think about with raw milk cheeses is just the just the respect that goes into it for the producer because it is a lot more. There's just, as as a maker of it, there's a lot more that goes into mm-hmm. that, especially a lot more complications. I'm going to bring I'm going to bring this word into it at this point. Farmstead, especially for the farmstead producers, meaning anybody who um, makes the cheese on the same, you know, grounds and use the same equipment, same space as a. They're called farms. They raise their their animals. Yeah, they're raising animals. They're milking them. They're making cheese. So like an estate farm winemaker. There you go. That's yeah. a, that's a good comparison. Oh, yeah, a palenque really good versus a mescalero. Mm-hmm. You retain control. You know, like they've got that. You know, but it's it's usually a very much a lifestyle thing. It's like their that product is their whole day as you're day. saying lifestyle you're like jerking your hands well, i'm like yeah like that's my this uh, italian <laughs> yeah, gene you know you it's like, energy, i'm man. working yeah. right now see i'm doing the cheese making are you watching me have you ever milked that a doesn't cow? look like an italian thing you got um, going there have you ever milked a cow i i, not, I, no. I have and i've like well like yeah, uh, i've done the thing Jedi where they style? take you out and you kind of pull on the teeth you're like right, oh, yeah, milking yeah, a cow yeah, yeah. you know but i haven't really like no i haven't what they tell i grew up in the city what am i gonna milk in cows where the fuck's a cow the cheese makers tell like interns and stuff when they start it's like you know like you need to get it clean and you need to be able to drink from that tea mm. you know and they kind of laugh it off or whatever and they're like no like really you, it has to be that clean because this is going to be the food product you know so that's again Vinny's jerking as he's talking he's, he's all <laughs> over the place that a lot. <laughs> what, no you also mentioned washed rind and i see that all the time uh, when I go into a cheese shop, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I it was really confusing to me for a long time. I just like pretended to know what the fuck it it's was. Confusing. Before you the more I learned about I mean, it, the more confusing it is. Well, there's a lot of things about uh, cheese I think that are intimidating, more even more so than the wine world, because I think people cheese are is intimidating, man. Yeah. Because I think people, when they go into wine, they're they're expected to not know that much. I mean, we've talked about this numerous times, like you know, asking your sommelier. But I think people are willing to give a little bit more control over to their som than they are. A dude behind a cheese counter because I think they've had enough negative experiences of buying the you wrong don't want, cheese. You don't want to get a cheese and get home and everybody go, this is terrible. How right. do people even enjoy this? Exactly. I don't even get it. Absolutely. But that's one of those terms that I, I mean, think, I think the is best, confusing. Right. Washed so, rind. What does that mean? Uh, so it's the the rind or, you know, or the exterior of the cheese is literally um, washed um, with... This can be a lot of things, but an agent, you know, I mean, usually it's uh, a, a salt brine is the salt basic. Brine. Yep. That's the basic. So what does that do to the cheese? Well, it discourages the growth of molds okay. and encourages the growth of uh, uh, bacterial ripening cultures. This is a beneficial culture um, that is present, that you know that you eat, that's good for you. You know, um, uh, just like the beneficial molds you find on cheese are molds that are good for you. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the first leap is already, and it's just like accepting mold and bacteria as being things that we, we eat and we like, you know. Um, but that changes the character of it dramatically because it's a bacterial, um, it's, it's, it's ripened bacterially mm-hmm. rather than by a mold. Okay. So it just has a very different character. It's meaty and, and pungent. What do people talk about? Bacony, you know? Um, but like it can be bacon. a lot of things. It can taste like pears. Um, it can make it like crazy fruity in a lot of cases. Um, very nutty. Some wash rind cheeses come across to me as, as like, like very bready. 
Um, okay. Kind of yeah, like so you get the flavors you get from like Belgian yeast and that sort yeah. of thing. Animal, and, and, and doesn't love musky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so a lot of your most complex cheeses are are in this family. And also a lot of a, a lot of very mild but but austere, really really good wine cheeses. I'm thinking of like Alpine cheeses here, um, or of that family, like Gruyers and and Appenzeller and Compton. Do you, you have know. a favorite type of cheese? Uh, or well, is that like, I, I certainly love alpine cheeses. People ask you all the time, like, like, you know, what's your favorite wine? It's like, eh, yeah, you know. Sure. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think it, 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 it just, I just want to separate that question into um, what's your shit and, like, what are you into right now, you know? And as far as, like, what, like, I feel like. Those are the more important. I think that's what everybody's getting through to. Yeah. Yeah. As far that's as, like. the answer they're getting, whether they want it or not. Like, yeah. what's your favorite cheese? Like, what, well, here it is for the snapshot. I'd say what's like inspired me the most and meant the most to me and kind of propelled me to get into cheese more is uh, uh, soft ripened goat cheeses. Okay. Uh, particularly those uh, where they, uh, a certain culture is employed, um, uh, Penicillium geotricum. Uh, they call them geo ripened cheeses a lot of times, like GEO. Uh, they just have an especially, those are, those are the uh, French style cheeses, goat cheeses you see a lot of times with ash on them. They'll, Right, yeah, a little yeah, carrot yeah. or vegetable ash on there. Uh, they just have a particularly uh, dark berry um, sort of profile to them, um, kind of like jammy and and um, I don't know. Really, they just have a really exciting uh, flavor profile. So that's what you're into right now. Um, no, I'd say that's what has that's historically what really into. just gotten me jazzed about cheese um i'd say like right now um i'm really into hard cheeses a lot um, really not like super hard cheeses but um i guess more like firm cheeses mm-hmm. uh, like pressed cheeses and uh, stuff for cooking um i'm i'm uh kind of taking some time i'm not like working all the time it feels great so i've been like doing more stuff so i'm like cooking more and like uh cooking with cheese is so important you know what i mean like waiting again Waiting to like have that like cheese plate you're thinking about having that you like never have is like right, not yeah. really the best way to like continue to consume great cheese. I think cooking with cheese is a great way to just like work it into your you know all the time you're buying cheese kind of routine. It's a protein. So, it's easy to forget that you know that's your protein in a lot of scenarios. In in the wine world, it's it's really easy to apply certain descriptors to certain wines that that kind of personify that that, that that have like human mm-hmm. characteristics so like there are masculine cheeses there are or masculine wines or feminine wines sure. you know like Pinot Noir is a little more feminine although still regal Cabernet is a bit more masculine um, could you think of like a king cheese and a queen cheese hmm. that's a good question I think that's well put you're Fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it only took like 35 fucking episodes or whatever we're into now. It's I, your fresh air moment, man. You get, you get some Terry Gross shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like her. <laughs> yeah. You're almost like twins. <laughs> Terry. He's, just, he's awestruck. He's like, I don't even Sorry. know what the fuck Terry, we do have man. you on the show. Yeah, right. That's good. We're uh, extending our invitation because I'm sure Terry Gross <laughs> has been waiting for her invitation to come on to Shift Ring. It's the holidays. We could talk about salty balls. <laughs> That's right. 
We had that with Sherry Murano. That was our uh, that was yeah, our, yeah, our, yeah, our our public. Uh, I forgot about that public access uh, episode. <laughs> I gotta check that. We're one. we're we're, we're, that we're one spending out. time here. We're we're spinning wheels for you, man, so you can like think about the king and queen. I don't think I don't think about it. I, I would say I'd say I'd say it would be uh, Gruyere and Roquefort. That would be my take on so it. Which one's the guy? Which one's the girl? Uh, Gruyere would be the male. Really? So what what yeah, makes that be the so, king? Yeah, what makes that the king cheese? Uh. And <laughs> it's, it's like fuck, man. I just threw those out. I don't uh, know. Well, you know, no, in, ver- in exactly the same ways. All the parallels are there. Yeah. Uh, as far as like popularity, um, um, historical relevance, um, and and in flavor, you know, uh, Gruyere is very you know bold, but uh, I wouldn't say it's aggressive. It's um, uh, it's austere, but that's not really the word I'm looking for. It's it's. Um, it stands its ground. Yeah, yes. totally. You know, well, I'm yeah, a much bigger you, fan of Roquefort. Do you have Roquefort's a, probably a, my all time favorite queen cheese. cheese? I don't, man. I again, like, so this is an area of the world that, like, I I always just kind of uh, turn myself over to the cheesemonger, um, especially if I know that I can trust him. Like, Vinny's been my guy in Indy, um, and you know, Alessandro in, in Italy. But I mean, oh, if I'm going but to a you restaurant, have you have your notes. You know, you, you got to have your repertoire. Well, you have a smaller like uh, range of options. Typically, if you're going to a restaurant, like right, you might have like six different cheeses, and you get to choose four on your board. Mm-hmm. It's not like going to a shop and they are like we, we have 45. And like, fuck, I don't even want to. Going to a shop, you're thinking about more like what cheeses you like. You're going to a restaurant, you're thinking about more like what styles you right. like. And that's the same thing I've mentioned numerous times on Shift Drink here. Like when I go into a restaurant that's got a 400 page wine list, yeah, I'm going to look at it, but that's just. For entertainment value, I'm gonna like defer to the sommelier because they know that list a hell of a lot better than I know that sure. list. And so the same thing with the cheese. Like if you but got I, 45 cheeses up there, I'm gonna defer to you. Sure, but I, you know, again, you know, the more the more you put in, the more you get out. I know, you know, right. I, I, you know, I know a lot more about cheese. I know about wine. You know, so I'm going in. I'm getting some wine. You know, I might, you know, they might present that there are you know options, and I'm I, I might tell them you know like. This is what I usually drink. Yeah, like, this is what right. I would probably just go for. But um, like, I'm a big like white drinker. You know, like I drink a lot of dry white. Racist. Um, and <laughs> pretty much when it comes to drinking, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I am. Um, Sorry, Brad. <laughs> you know, white. Don't worry, that'll never make it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay- we need a moment of silence. Uh, and there's the break. All right, there you go, Brad. That's where you cut it. Right? <laughs> I'll leave it all. Uh, um, JB at Pioneer made the really good point to me. I thought it was a really key point was that uh, White's not going through um, malolactic fermentation mm-hmm. is really key to being a great cheese pairing in a lot of cases. Really? And it does make it, it definitely does make it easier. Um, whites are, in a acid, lot of cases, acid is easy key to. to- to pairing absolutely right and jb's awesome love you jb <laughs> yeah totally I've had, I've had some of my, my best conversations about you know cheese wine and pairing for sure just over that counter and that was one of them. oh that he's, he's dialed in man he's he's sharp he he, he knows his shit I, mm-hmm. I i think jb is awesome um so if i were to think of a king and a queen for cheese uh for king to me would be and you know call me lame whatever but like aged parmesan Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was thinking Pecorino. Or, uh, I, I Pecorino think that would Romano. be the popular opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, it, it for for good reason. You know, I mean, there's a reason why Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay 
are now the most widely cultivated grapes in the world for Vitis vinifera because they're popular and they deliver and they can grow in various conditions. And, you know, to me, um, aged Parmesan is palatable, but it's still like legit and regal and absolutely great it's, for food for oh i love it yeah it's across the board it's a cheese you can you can you can buy you can bring it home you can put it out on the board for everybody to yep. just like yeah. snack on while you're waiting to eat and then use it thoroughly throughout the dish mm-hmm. it doesn't go over anyone's head it's not overly complicated but it, it still has layers like an onion or a parfait um <laughs> or hollow hollow <laughs> what uh never mind Okay, <laughs> it's a Filipino dessert. Nice, nice contribution, nice. Ed, that no one fucking got. Whatever, man. All my uh, Filipino peeps out there got it. Yeah, because we, we have a huge following. Um, <laughs> you don't among, know amongst that. You don't know, you don't know. Me, man. So for a queen cheese, I would say if I was going for a skinny queen, it would be like just chevre, just goat cheese, because um, it's tart and sure. racy and Fresh austere. Yeah. And uh, if I was going for a fat bottom queen. Um, then it would probably be just something like brie, just creamy and fat with a big, big ass. Totally with you. Fat bottom girl, by the way, is cheese from, um, oh, really? Bleeding Heart <laughs> so Creamery that, in so California. My, my queen would be fat bottom girl. I'm, like, I'm throwing it out there. haven't tried it, but I'm, I, I just agree. I think it's an amazing it, cheese. And I want to put my amazing. face in Where's it coming from? Uh, California Bleeding Heart uh, okay. Creamery, fair, relatively new operation. Uh, bleeding as in like how a sheep uh, bleats. Oh, okay, right on. Bleating. Do you know where in California it's coming from? Uh, it's on the coast down there. I don't recall. <laughs> well, that narrows uh, it down to half. Ask Katie. Ask Katie. Ask Katie when you order it, because that would probably be the best way to get it. Somewhere along. Is the it coast. in the desert? No, then it's on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right on, man. Well, we are, uh, we're winding down. It may you, not feel like we're winding down, but we are been, winding down. This has down. been really fun, man. This but is we've too got fast. one more cheese. You got to know we, about your last cheese. We've got another cheese out here. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave us hanging would, because it's almost is, gone now. This is, this is like the, um, I would say if, if you ask most cheesemongers what blue they compare other blue cheeses to, it's probably this one. This is Bailey Hazen Blue from the cellar, uh, Jasper Hill Creamery and the cellars at Jasper Hill in Vermont. Um, they raise Ayrshire cattle that uh, they milk for that. Um, it's an unpasteurized blue, natural rind. It's it's real pretty. It's, it's nice, super yeah. delicate. It is. It's not. It's not overpowering. Um, it's a great. It's a great introduction to blue cheese. Actually, a lot of folks who've never had blue cheese who are uh, nervous about trying it sometimes um, give them something that is light on the, 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 the blue mold, light mm-hmm. on the veining. Um, there are some cheeses like uh, the excellent uh, Dutchman's Breeches uh, from Tulip Tree Creamery yeah, here in town that, that oh, is, has, is, is blue mold ripened, but only on the exterior. Um, if it's not, you know, pierced to allow oxygen into the cheese, it doesn't vein. Um, okay. That, that blue mold won't, like, bloom um, without that oxygen present. So those are light on the blue so those are good entry level for a lot of folks who, who don't usually do blue in fact it a lot of folks would probably just kind of pass it off as being more similar to like a brie or something like that mm-hmm. you know like soft ripened cheese um but as one that that has you know uh blue veins throughout that's a great place to start with blue 
Um, there's a lot of people that have an aversion to, to blue cheese um, just because it can be kind of barnyardy and, and pungent and briny. Um, building on Vinny's comment about um, uh, an entry blue cheese or, or something for non-blue cheese eaters, if you don't dig on blue cheese, try blue cheese with a dessert wine. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Lord, yes. Yeah. <laughs> classic, <laughs> everything. Classic, Preach it off yeah. Classic pairing is port. Um, mm-hmm. So port and Roquefort um, is a classic food and wine pairing. Um, but honestly, anything with sweetness will work, even if that's something is um, entry level as is, is Moscato d'Asti or Just if you're drinking Sauternes. Late oh, harvest he, he, recently. He also mentioned put honey on it. So a lot of folks work in that way. Yeah, try it that way. Sugar makes the medicine go down. Yep. And <laughs> yep. when you're you're dealing with um, with blue cheese, and you drink a sweet wine, uh, things happen in a very very magical way from a, a, a cheese and wine pairing. You will actually diminish the the brininess, the pungence will will go down with a dessert wine. And then you'll also enhance the, the actual fruit of the wine when you're drinking it with a, 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 a blue cheese. So they, they, they're naturally uh, symbiotic um, partners when it comes to, to food and wine pairing. It's a classic food and wine pairing. Um, d- definitely give it a shot. And it, it doesn't have to be like crazy expensive wine. You could just go to your store and get like a late bottle of vintage port. Um, or uh, a ruby or a tawny and then some blue cheese and, and, and check it out. I've, I've done that test with a number of people and have made converts to blue cheese of uh, people who otherwise hated it. A nice like aged Gouda is also a really great one with port or, or sherry oh, or yeah, something like yeah. that. And that, that cheese has a lot of sweetness on its own. The Mimolette is another one that's going to do really well with most dessert wines. And that would be pretty killer with, with dry red wines as well. Absolutely. Um, that seems like a very versatile cheese, the Mimolette. Well, definitely with the proliferation of like cheeses out there now, like you see a lot more smaller cheese makers. Like, you know, locally we have a, a few people that have popped up in the last decade or so. It's getting easier to it find is. across the country to find a wide selection. I don't it's think it's to... ever been hard to find cheese, but it's, oh, it's easier to find a wider selection. Um, so we definitely encourage all of our listeners to go out there and just find your cheesemonger. Find find your Vinny, man. <laughs> <laughs> and find and find and, and use and them that, to find the farms. Yeah, because those I, the, those local cheesemakers are really easy to overlook. Um, that the uh, Amarabella here we had that wash shrine. Yeah, it's from uh, Jacobs and Bridgeford Creamery. Ooh, um, okay, Connorsville. We never asked that. That yeah, we've, they're I've tried they're some of their they're, before. they're they're just right there. Um, they're super close by. Just outside um, of Cincinnati. They've, they've got a cheese for anything, any beverage you've got on the table, um, and that's out of a relatively small selection. But their cheeses are very full in the spectrum um, mm-hmm. that each one is made. And it's it's a very good example of of each um, category, I guess. They do a, a um, their Everton is a wonderful Alpine oh, style. Yeah. It's beautiful. Cheese I want to go I would ask them what they recommend beverages. for a pocket cheese. Everton's a good one. A pocket cheese. Stand on that. <laughs> <Up my pocket. laughs> or dash. What would you uh, carry around? Glove like, box say, cheese. Say I'm gonna uh, walk around for a week with a cheese in my pocket. <laughs> What would you recommend? Ramunda. So let's, just, <laughs> so let's just say someone did walk around with cheese in their pocket for a week. They were probably hungover as all fuck. 
I would call them uh, gourmand. <laughs> That's just called natural aging. It's got a wash <laughs> rind. Just taking it's, precautions, baby. It, it, it's 14-day aged in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> Speaking of hangover cures, man, do you have any? Or is it uh, just cheese and weed? <laughs> cheese is an excellent hangover cure. Yeah. I was going to throw that out there. Like, it, is that scientifically really... proven or is that just anecdotally? I, I don't know if it is or not Right yet, on. So we're going to say, uh, we're it, gonna say we, just, we validate it. It's just true, baby. It's what about true. mac and cheese? Like, who has the best what, mac like and cheese? like powdered cheese? No. Like craft shit? No, no. Like, who has the best mac and cheese in town? Man, I, you know me. I'm working all the time. Oh. I don't get to get out all that often. I mean, I know. honestly, if I'm going to eat mac and cheese, I go, to, I I go to Kuma's quite a lot. I mean, I know it's like anybody is awesome. from yeah. Chicago or Indy wouldn't be surprised by that. It's like a heavy metal yeah. burger bar, and they're always blasting like death metal or black metal in there. And uh, all the burgers have got like great fucking metal names. But um, they do like They're not afraid giant... to give you enough meat or cheese. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They, their burgers are 10 ounces. Yeah. I always have to share one This is one the Midwest, baby. We like, we like <laughs> big, big meat. Big yep. cheese. Big meat you know, big cheese. Big beers. It makes it sound like corporate. Like, uh, Indiana, that's all just big cheese. Little Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Little Texas. I've never heard that before. It Man, feels that way sometimes. This has been awesome. We could do this for like the whole, all of 2018. We could just make this next seven, 17 episodes. Yeah, we could talk about cheese a lot. We definitely should talk about it again. Let, let me know if you if you have some. It doesn't have to have anything to do with cheese, but <laughs> let me know you want some cheese for it, and I'll just bring it, and you can have cheese while you're talking about You don't have to talk about can it. Can we have it's a standing order? It. It's, it's like, oh, we're, we're podcasting again. We need a, we need a, we need a cheese yeah. board. Or crab legs or oysters. <laughs> I, seem, I thrive in the stinky up. foods. You were like, I, I've <laughs> got some oysters son. in my car. Now, mind you, like for listeners out oysters. there that are, that are keeping, if you have an oyster knife, if you're keeping tally here and you realize that this is a very long episode, well, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sure that you have it, that, that that wasn't hard to figure out. But if you've been paying attention, you've heard Vinny mention like three or four times that he's got oysters sitting just, in his I'm car. I'm really waiting to crash. We aren't in Florida. Just please keep that in mind. <laughs> We're not in California. Those oysters are in like what? It's a, it's about 10 degrees Fahrenheit they're outside a, right now. Right. They're in. They're heaven, fine. Baby. They're fine. That's right. <laughs> he's got a minionette in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, hey. This has been awesome. Cheers. Like, Thank you so much. Welcome to 2018, folks. <laughs> and for us, this is New Year's Eve, so we will see you uh, We'll see you again soon. Guys, happy New Year. Hey, happy happy New, New, New Year. Year. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys again soon.